Welcome to Your Health Guide, your how-to prescription for better health, translating cutting-edge research for your everyday life. Join naturopath and health educator Lawrence Katsaris for practical tips and insights to help you on your wellness journey. Hi, I'm Lawrence Katsaris and thanks for joining me on Your Health Guide. In this episode, I have naturopath and researcher Asha Bleachmore, who's passionate about translating the science of natural medicine into real-life application. Asha's just come out of six months of researching female hormonal conditions and the best treatments to achieve clinical results, and over the next several episodes, we'll share these findings with us. In this particular episode, Asha walks us through the menstrual cycle, covering the basic stages and key milestones that occur throughout the month, and how these can be used as indicators about what is going on in a woman's hormonal profile. Asha will discuss how you can use apps to track your cycle and these core indicators, and how this can provide you with a great understanding about what is happening with your hormones. It's a nice, straightforward episode to provide you with some foundational knowledge to understand your hormonal health. I hope you find it useful. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Asha. Thanks for having me, Lawrence. So perhaps to start us off, would you mind walking us through what's happening in a woman's body through the month? Sure. So essentially the menstrual cycle is what we consider to be the hormonal and physiological changes that happen throughout the month or so. Really it's allowing the um, female body to prepare for pregnancy. Okay, and what's actually happening through that there's hormonal changes taking place and how does that actually look to prepare that body for pregnancy? Absolutely. So if we have a think about the menstrual cycle, we can break it down into a few key milestones. So the first half of the cycle, we consider the follicular phase, where essentially the um, egg will start to mature uh, within the ovaries. Um, then when that's ready and when we have a, uh, certain changes that happen in the middle of the cycle, we get the release of the mature egg, which we know as ovulation. Then that moves us into the luteal phase, where the lining of the uterus actually starts to build up to prepare for implantation of the fertilised egg, if that occurs. But if we don't get that fertilised egg, um, then we get the shedding of the uterine, uterine lining, which we would consider and understand as the menstrual period. Okay, so in the first part of the cycle is the follicular phase. Correct. And you're saying this is when there's the development of the follicle or the preparation of the egg. Yes. That then ovulates um, at, or ovulation will take place at midway through the month or a couple of weeks in. And then we move into the luteal phase. We're preparing the lining for implantation. If that doesn't happen, we get the shedding. So what's the timing in detail, like in terms of, where are we looking at day one actually starts for the cycle? Yeah, absolutely. So a normal healthy cycle is considered to be between 28 to 32 days. So usually around that month mark. And day one um, is really easy for most women to identify because this is the first day of the menstrual period. Uh, follicular phase might go from around one to, from day one to 14. So the follicular phase does include the uh, menstrual period, which usually lasts for most women for about five to seven days. And then ovulation often occurs between uh, 13 to day 13 to day 15, uh, which will then take us to the, the end of the cycle, as I said, about 28 to 32 days in total. And that's in textbook world. Now, what, as we'll see, a lot of women mightn't experience that perfectly. 
are there body changes or there signs that would indicate when these are actually happening in each individual woman? Yeah, absolutely. So for some women, we consider a regular cycle is having their period around the same day, a calendar day every month. But for some women, that 30 days may not be regular for them. So they may be regular and having their period every 40 days, for example, mm. or on some, some months it might be 28 days and then the next period might not happen for 40 days but on average it might end up being around about that sort of time so um, there can be uh, signs that maybe our hormones are a little bit out of balance if it's not happening within that 20 28 to 32 days or for some women it might be uh, only 28 25 days so the length of the cycle can give us a bit of an idea about what um, whether or not that's healthy for us as far as the when the menstrual period is happening but also there can be some changes that can happen around ovulation that can um, let us know when ovulation is happening so for example we might get an increase in um, certain cervical mucus that we can start to um, for some women can be more obvious and we can start to notice that as a sign around uh, ovulation as well and those hormonal changes are also affecting our temperature as well and so you're getting your patients to be tracking some of these symptoms i'm assuming to find out the length of their cycle mucus changes temperature Yeah, absolutely. So um, for some patients that I've worked with, the only reason they know that their period is coming is because they start to get a little bit um, cranky or a little bit grumpy and they kind of just wait for those signs to happen so they know when their next menstrual period is happening. Um, I like to be a little bit more organised than that. So what I recommend for most patients is to start by tracking their cycle using some um, really handy apps. There's lots and lots of them that are available at the moment um, that can help to even identify how how many days your cycle, how long the menstrual cycle is, um, when you're expecting your next period to happen, is that happening regularly each month? So over, you know, when you continue to track your cycle over time, we can start to identify, well, how long is that cycle happening for? Um, is it the same every month? And what sort of change, what sort of, yeah, changes are happening within the body that might indicate whether or not that's healthy for us? Okay, do you have any particular apps that you love to use for the tracking? Yeah, absolutely. There are lots of them that are um, available. The one that I particularly like is Kindara because it's really easy to use. You just put into the calendar, pick up the calendar and enter in um, what the when you had your menstrual period. It will then predict um, when your fertile days are. So it will, it will predict based on a calendar month um, when it's expecting you to have ovulation. And then it will also predict when your next period is based on... Um, your average cycle length once you've been putting it in putting in that information for a long a longer period of time you can also enter information about um, whether intercourse has happened at certain um, you know on any days of the month and if you want to have a look into more detail about understanding whether or not you're ovulating whether um, you're wanting to try and conceive or when whether you're wanting to avoid conception you also have the ability to track things like temperature and um, throughout the month so which will give you an indication of whether ovulation has occurred because this is based on these hormonal changes and you can also enter in information around um, the cervical mucus Um, so again identifying whether ovulation is occurring and when that's occurring uh, and other information around how heavy the uh, menstrual flow is uh, and pain and some of those other premenstrual symptoms as well. So that's Kindara, K-I-N-D-A-R-A for Correct. our listeners, is the app there. Now, you're talking a lot about that for ovulation and 
conception of fertility but it's not as you were saying at the beginning it's not just knowing about those I guess those markers for conception those markers still then provide us about what's happening in her cycle isn't it absolutely because for instance you're saying if she's ovulating at around day 14 but if ovulation is not taking place until day 20 that tells us something doesn't it yes or absolutely some women may find they're not ovulating at all mm-hmm. so um i think it's important for us to be making sure that we're tracking that information as practitioners and i think it's really important for the women to be tracking that to help them become a little bit more connected about the cycles of what's going on with their body for whatever it is that they might be presenting with hormonal complaints yeah absolutely i do recommend it for my patients i think it's a really great way as a woman that we can start to identify um, just understand our bodies better. So these hormone changes and these changes that happen throughout the menstrual cycle often feel like they're happening to us. But if we can understand where we are in our cycle and understand the signs that our body is giving us at different times of the cycle, then we can feel more empowered about our own bodies and we can start to become a bit more prepared about when uh, a period is meant to be happening as opposed to, um, oops, it just happened, or um, you know, waiting for those um, premenstrual signs to give us an idea about where we might we might be. I think a perfect example of that, Asher, is where we see how if poor ovulation takes place or poor follicle development, like it depends upon what's happening in the initial stages of that menstrual cycle, doesn't it? Like as you said, it's during the follicle phase or the follicular phase that we're seeing the development of that follicle. And if at ovulation, when that erupts and we then, uh, that turns into what's known as the corpus luteum, but our that's then what provides that progesterone for that woman in that second part of the, the cycle. And if she's experiencing moodiness, for instance, as one of her main predominant PMS symptoms, it could be because that follicle didn't develop in the first part of the cycle, can't it? Yeah, and then, absolutely. then as you're saying, then that allows you to be better prepared and know what's going on instead of just saying, oh, well, I've got moodiness at the end of my cycle around my period. But what's why is that taking place when you're laying those foundations in the first parts of the cycle so knowing about the length of that follicular phase knowing about when ovulation takes place looking at those temperature changes and then as you're saying looking at tracking things like mucus changes and how heavy that bleed is or whether there's any clotting looking at um, factors such as moodiness or these other symptoms associated wrapped up in the menstrual cycle gives us as a practitioner a, a greater diagnostic ability to figure out what's really taking place in her health, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like you just said, that first part does lay that foundation for the second the second part of the cycle. And it is often that pre-menstrual time that women notice the most um, symptoms of what's going on. But as you said, it's that first phase that actually lays that foundation for that second phase. So a lot of women might be aware if they've had a particularly stressful month, then their premenstrual symptoms are worse, for example. And that can be because the stress earlier on in the cycle can disrupt what's happening around ovulation. And that then has that flow on effect to the symptoms that you might see worse in the second half. So that might be some things that a lot of women can relate to, or other women might, um, I've heard of patients that go on holidays and get sick. So, for example, go to Thailand and get really sick and then they might miss their next couple of periods after that and that can be, uh, again, related to the stress on the body disrupting that normal cycle, disrupting ovulation and then having that kind of flow-on effect later on. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that can be 
sometimes where we can easily forget is that our body is very interconnected and that when we're talking about our hormonal health that these hormones aren't just governed by our reproductive organs but they have a communication channel with our brain centers and there's particular brain regions that form this axis that then control our hormonal health and so seeing that connection where there's stress or there might be some kind of infection or illness and because that'll affect other aspects of our body that will then affect our hormonal health which is sometimes obvious for some women and some women may not actually connect those dots I find. Yeah absolutely and that's why it can become important again to be tracking what's going on for you and keeping a track of um, all of those different things that we can start to identify what's different month to month that could also be contributing to those um, you know symptoms if they're not in an ideal form for us. Yeah, for sure. So using Kindara, otherwise there's a bunch of other apps out there on the markets where you can be getting there all free, but you're just typing in a fertility tracker or period tracker and they're all, you know, really easy, like user friendly. Now, this probably leads me perfectly to the next question that I've, of course, I've got is, well, a lot of women, when they're getting those symptoms, they tend to just shut everything down and they'll just go on the pill, don't they? Absolutely. Can you walk us through what's happening when a woman's on the pill and mm-hmm. how that's affecting this cycle that you're talking about? Yeah, sure. So as we mentioned, there's hormonal fluctuations that are linked with the physiological changes that happen in the body. So part of um, what triggers the changes physically is a fluctuation to do with certain hormones. What happens when we go on the pill is we get a constant supply of hormones. We're actually disrupting that rhythm and that balance that allowing for the the, physical changes that are happening, namely ovulation. So the point of it is to give this sustained level of hormones to prevent ovulation from happening. And then when, um, when the hormone pills stop, so the sugar pills start, we get that release of hormones from the body um, and that triggers the what looks like a normal menstrual period, but we understand what's happening throughout the rest of the cycle is different. And that's obviously to avoid um, a pregnancy, Um, but that can lead to some longer, longer term implications for some women. Mm, Okay. And I want to talk about them in a second. So just to clarify what you're saying there is that the orchestration of our hormones through the month, through our menstrual cycle is what gives a, a feedback to the rest of the body, which then has a flow-on effect for the rest of the cycle. So in that first, page, first stage of the cycle, there'll be hormonal changes that'll then trigger back to encourage ovulation, and then that'll help with preparing the body for implantation, et cetera, as yes. you've walked us through. Yep. When a woman goes on the pill, you basically block all those, like you put the hormones at a set level, at a static level, that stops the feedback, that stops ovulation taking place, and then you just pull out the pill, and or you go to the sugar pill, and then a period takes place. Correct. So as you mentioned, this can lead to some issues longer term. What can that hormonal disruption set up for the woman by when she's on the pill? How does that affect her? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of women might choose to go on the pill to avoid pregnancy. That's um, one of the main uses for it. And it's um, obviously very, very effective at that. But what can happen um, when later on down the track, if a woman then decides that they do want to try and fall pregnant, they stop taking the pill. And it can actually take for some women quite a long time to start to reset that cycle and for our body to almost remember and to get back into 
into those natural rhythms, allowing for healthy ovulation. So it wouldn't be uncommon for about three to six months after someone um, stops taking the pill that they get back into a normal a normal rhythm and a normal cycle. But for some women, it can take much longer than that. And obviously, if a woman comes off the pill to try and fall pregnant, that if they're not having those normal cycles and they're not ovulating, then they're not able to fall pregnant at that point in time. So for some women, that can mean that they get they're not able to fall pregnant when they want to. For some women, they might mean that they don't actually get a period come back at all naturally for six months or more um, after they stop the pill, which can be uh, common for some women as well. The other reason that some women might go on the pill is because they're actually getting symptoms or signs that maybe their hormones aren't healthy and they're not quite comfortable for them. So whether that be to prevent heavy periods or a lot of pain around their period or all those types of things. So what some women find though is though the pill doesn't always cover all of those um, symptoms so they might still experience those symptoms while on the pill or when they come off the pill those symptoms might start to return as what's normally going on for them might start to become more apparent as well. So you're saying three to six months in some women for that menstrual cycle to normalise after they've stopped the pill. Why is that? Yeah. So as we spoke about, we've got these natural cycles and these rhythms and we have changes in hormone levels that are going to change um, the physiology underneath. So once we've spoken about the pill actually giving that constant level and stopping those cycles from happening, it can take us a few cycles to actually get back into those normal rhythms where um, the ovulation is triggered again and we start to get into those normal patterns so if a patient comes to see me and they've gone off the pill and they're still having a bit of an irregular cycle so within that sort of three to six month period that's not causing them any um, major discomfort then I'll often allow the body that time to come back into that normal rhythm by itself but if they've been off the pill for more than six months they haven't had a menstrual period at all or they're having significant symptoms around their period as far as mood changes or pain or um, heavy bleeding or those types of things that's the point where I'll um, you know intervene and start to look at what we can really be doing to support that patient and that's probably a really great point to start to wrap this up in terms of when we're seeing those specific conditions so you know whether it might be moodiness or heavier bleeding or even in more serious conditions such as endometriosis fibroids or polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, we'll talk about those specifically, and I'd love to dive into detail with you on those in future episodes. But just to kind of wrap us up on the complexity of what we've been talking about of the orchestration of the hormones through the menstrual cycle, for women, what should that normally look like? Yeah, absolutely. So as we said, normally the cycle it would go for about 28 to 32 days. And basically it should be something that happens normally for us that doesn't actually cause us too much disruption to our everyday life. So we should be noticing, um, for some women, it's, it will get different amounts, but we might be noticing some um, of the changes of the mucus around ovulation, but there shouldn't be significant pain happening around that time or any other significant changes as far as moodiness or anything else like that that disrupts your day-to-day life or starts to become, you know, even into your awareness necessarily as far as discomfort is concerned. Leading up to our period, it should be more a matter of um, you might notice some slight changes as far as a bit more irritability or, you know, some slight pain or some slight bloating. But again, these shouldn't be things that interrupt our daily life. It might even just be a time that um, we just 
take it a bit easy on ourselves and um, you know look after yourselves a little bit more but it shouldn't be causing things like um, significant pain or um, to the point where we can't go to work or we choose to not socialize with people because we get really anxious or um, sleep disturbances or you know significant pain or bloating or any of those kind of things and um, the period itself should last for about five to seven days uh, and it shouldn't be causing significant pain or having to um, you know change a tampon or pad every two hours or you know anything like that essentially the problem is um, it can become so common that women experience one or more of those symptoms that if you're having a chat to friends or chatting to people on forums online or just even having conversations around our periods it can be quite common that things aren't ideal for women so that becomes normalized but that's not actually what's meant to be normal and healthy it's meant to be something that just happens as part of our everyday lives and you know it doesn't cause us too much of those problems and it should yeah it should be in balance essentially absolutely and unfortunately in too many women it's um, not in balance and it's causing major disruption to their lives sure and that's I think a perfect place to leave this and we can start to jump into what's exactly going on in those particular conditions when women are presenting with specific complaints. So, Asha, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Your Health Guide. Any resources or links discussed in the episode can be found at metagenics.com.au. To help you continue on your health journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please rate and review us. If you have any questions about how this information could relate to your health condition, please go and speak to your natural healthcare practitioner who can provide you with specific advice for your health needs.